0: Investments, it's always a touchy topic. But investments are important in any company. Could be a one person startup, could be a 30% startup, could be a medium scale business, could be a large company, could be a public listed company. Investments are something that are always going to be a key, either to survive or to grow. Investments are like uh, your annual medical examination. You don't have a choice. You have to go for it. And you are never sure what the result is going to be. But one thing you can be rest assured. There will guaranteed be a prescription. (laughs) Now, considering uh, that investments are so key and it's such a key topic for us, I realized that uh, everyone must know the real deal behind investments. We are not here to tell you how to raise funds. I'm here to tell you what it what there is about investing about investments raising funds the good the bad and the ugly to ensure that i'm kept in check i usually have a guest to who ensures that i'm kept in i am kept in check also has maybe a different opinion so that we get a better clarity about the topic itself this this episode uh, we have mangesh panditrao who's uh, who's recently sold his company to GRASS. G-R-A-A-S. Growth as a service. I know there was a pause there <coughs> and I was wondering, wow, there's a company called GRASS. Uh, Mangesh, why don't you quickly introduce yourself
1: Absolutely. to our audience? Great, so first of all Gautam, thank you so much for having me here. My name is Mangesh Panditrao. I was the co-founder CEO of a company called Shoptimize, which I founded and ran uh, for about 10 years before it was acquired, by Solve uh, was the, the acquiring company, and then we were rebranded as Grass. Uh, and as you rightly said, it's growth as a service. That's it's an
0: excellent selling point. It's an icebreaker. For, it's an for icebreaker.
1: Uh, it's the way our new CEO also introduces ourselves uh, via Grass, not the one you smoke. So. Do you
0: all have? Are you headquartered in Amsterdam?
1: Uh, not yet, but uh, we have global ambitions, you know, as you can say. But yeah, so we are um, uh, we are now Grass, which is Singapore headquartered. Uh, and Shoptamize was uh, acquired by Grass uh, earlier this year. Um, so um, a little bit more about myself. Uh, people want to know this, people don't want to know this, but Gautam and I know each other for a really, really long time since first it's grade. It's far too long. Far too long, and some of the things we've done together uh, bond men like none others, uh, and that includes uh, going at each other with sticks. Uh, we played hockey. Uh, we did not attack each other uh, intentionally, at least. So, so yeah, so it's it's great um, to be here and to talk about uh, investments. I have seen my fair deal of. Uh, it over, you know, building shop, optimize,
0: And that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, you were the first person who came to my mind when we thought about talking about investments. The right. truth, the reality behind investments. Yeah. You had a lot of investors yeah. in your company. Me, on the other hand, I have been more of uh, don't take on investment until you really, really need it or you have to grow and survive or, you know, depending on different situations. Right. At the Peak. What was the maximum number of investors you had oh, in the
1: company? <clears throat> at exit, we had 67 investors. 67, 67 investors.
0: 67
1: investors that included 4 funds. Um, so, it was an interesting journey. Uh, I think it'll take an entire podcast to talk about how I ended up with 67 investors. Um, but, um, I mean, you know, as you know, before ShopTimize, I did run a bootstrap company with another classmate of ours. Uh, we didn't raise capital. I was of the same school of thought. We were of the same school of thought. Um, but uh, somewhere during that journey, I felt like crossing over to the other side, seeing what it is like. Um, and having lived both lives, I am, I guess, in a position to talk about the pros and cons of each. So, you know, happy to answer uh, so, any questions. Yeah.
0: So here it starts, right? Typically, everyone has this opinion that you have a startup or you have a company or you need investments. Me personally, I don't think you need investments. First, let's just define what investments really mean. Traditionally, people think investments are, oh, you have to go to a venture capitalist or you have to go to some high net worth individual. You have to raise some money from family, friends, fools, angels, (laughs) whoever comes your way, who's going to invest money in you based on trust. However, There is also one more definition of investment. Every promoter invests in their own company, either as debt, collateral, you sell your, you put your mortgage, your house, your insurance policies, your liver, your kidney, depending on its condition.
1: I think most importantly, your time, right? You are investing heavily in your own startup. In Loss terms of too. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking
0: about real investments,
1: right? No, no. So, time is a real investment. And I think every entrepreneur needs to think about it that way. Uh, because if you don't, uh, you kind of lose out on... Sometimes it could be the biggest investment in a company, somebody's time, right? Correct. So, um, yeah. So, so, all of these uh, happen. I think the biggest reason to take investments right and let's start at that is that it enables certain uh, level of risk taking right what what i'm saying by that is if you don't take investments and you are funding your company uh, a with either your own money or uh, with the revenues the company generates you're limited to how many risks you can take right because you you don't have that many chances of going wrong and still surviving uh, i think investment allows you to do that that's number one. Number two is if you want to scale a business significantly disproportionate to a market, right? So a market is growing at, say, 20% year over year. But you want but to, scale, you want to scale, at- scale at 200% and you can for various reasons and you see the opportunity. That's another reason to to so do the opportunity that.
0: Opportunity cost. Correct. So what is the value of the opportunity cost to you? Correct. Can you afford to pay from your own pocket for that opportunity or do you want to use somebody else's money based on your trust and judgment and then scale that
1: high yeah so i think it's it's not just about your money or somebody else's money right first of all i think if anybody's thinking about taking investments it needs to be about uh, what is the goal you have in mind and how is money a part of achieving that goal i think that's that's a basic very basic starting point uh, sometimes it isn't right and sometimes people um, raise money as a validation of their own business. That I raised money so that I could set a valuation for the for my company, etc. So cetera. that's a good
0: point, right? Here's the interesting part, right? The economy today, especially around investments, is completely diverse in two opinions. One is, you know, things like uh, when you're looking at, say, uh, Baidus, right? or you're looking at a Zomato, they are proudly announcing the the depth of the losses that they are currently incurring. At the same time, you're raising huge amounts of money or you're going public and the people are going, in my personal opinion, berserk, at trying to pick up Zomato stock. I think it was a mistake. And I'm being very... And this is the idea of the podcast, being very brazen about it. I think it is pretty stupid for an investor to get on, to be publicly listed and saying, I'm going to go after this money I'm going to go after this company, put money in, in this company because they're showing thousands of crores, crores of, losses. of
1: losses. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, somewhere fundamentally uh, businesses are built to, to make money, right? Uh, so why do we have all of these businesses that lose money hand over fist uh, and continue to do so as they scale, right?
0: And proud of it. Uh, Sometimes.
1: Pride, I don't know. Uh, well, there are I lots think...
0: of companies who proudly say we are never interested in making <laughs> profits because there is also a school of thought which says that if you are profitable, then why would investors come after you? It's wrong. Investors will want to see you grow. Correct. So there are, in in my opinion, you need money either to survive, it's not a good sign, or you need to scale or grow. If you're looking after growth money, you need to be in a substantially strong position to go after the investors and choose them rather than they choosing you. Yeah. You've seen both sides of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, I think you know there are more reasons uh, why you need investments, right? Uh, survival, growth are two. Uh, but I think if you look at different stages of the company, when you start off and let's say you're doing something that is fairly new, uh, nobody's done it before, product market fit doesn't exist... Um, but you believe that it's going to be a big problem in the future and you want to start working on it today, uh, you're usually pre-revenue because the market hasn't really reached there. Correct. And you're trying to build something that will be ready when the market is ready and hence eventually you know, very large. So people who come in at that point are um, you know, either coming in for the founder or because they believe that founder is going to do this or they're coming in for the sector and they agree that that sector is going to be large. Um, but they're also but coming But here's
0: the thing. Very few of these investors at this stage are actually going to go in and see, you know what, I believe that this product is actually going to make it big. They're, it's more about trust in the sector or trust in the founders where they will put in this... Early absolutely.
1: Because uh, at that point, the path to success is really unknown, right? Because you don't know what exactly... Like by, When we were acquired, we were a very different company from when what we started. were when we raised our first and set of And that's why these
0: kind of the people are called the angels.
1: Correct. So, uh, and they also understand the level of risk involved um, and in addition to the money they bring in, they also bring in a lot of expertise uh, of things they have done before or people they know or things that can help you solve problems before they happen.
0: So, that's an interesting point you bring up, right? You haven't spoken about the expertise of the promoters, founders team. What you're talking about is what does the investor bring to the table? And a very common mistake people make when getting investors is, oh, they see the money aspect. I firmly believe that you should be in a position to choose your investors not just because they're bringing money to the table, but you need to evaluate what is it in addition to these funds that you're getting the table. Connects, contacts, networking, expertise, domain expertise, business expertise. If you have an investor who is looking to help you grow because they're seeing themselves grow, it could potentially be the right investment. win-win situation, yeah, absolutely. You know, I started off with the example of a medical examination for investments. Let me take it to the next level and then we'll probably get into a little bit of a debatable, controversial discussion. (laughs) You know, like I said, raising investments is like an annual medical examination. Typically, they're going to check your pulse, they're going to check your temperature. They are going to check your uh, ECG and your cardio and see how fit you are. But they are it going to come back and tell you that, you know what, you still need to lose some weight. You have extra cholesterol. You need to work out. You need to do all these things. And next year when you go for that medical exam, you are going to get a new set of prescription. Correct. However, what we miss out is that this may be an annual examination. However, investors are like the monthly governance medical examinations. You may have a temperature check with the mouth, but in case your numbers are not getting there they will not hesitate to use a rectal thermometer for checking you <laughs> you yeah. you've, you've been in these uncomfortable situations yourself
1: fortunately no uh, you
0: have to, i'm sure he has to say that
1: yeah i have to because i think the thermometers that we had uh, were good enough and we never had to go <laughs> rectal uh, but at the same time um, See, why do, so So look at it from a different lens, right? We are talking about it from an entrepreneur's lens and when he should raise money, etc, etc. For a moment, you look at it from the investor's lens. Why is he putting in money, right? And uh, the first time I raised, of course, you know, I've learned a lot along the way. Um, and the reasons are not always as monolithic as we think, which is he's putting in money because he wants to see a huge amount of returns, which is, what you know it's a base level for every investor correct. but there are many other reasons right uh, sometimes they're putting in money because they want to bet on this team and they want to see that uh, you know this team really do well and sometimes even sectors change and problems they are solving change a lot of things change but the team stays so the value correct. the value correct. addition
0: that you are going to bring to the market to your consumers yeah. to the business to that sector Right.
1: So um, again, coming back to why these investors are investing, some of them are getting in because they want to understand this sector very closely through the startup. You know, so they may be in an allied field. They may be like I had some investors who were in very high ranks in very large retail companies, but they wanted to know what's going on in India. They're, they wanted to know what you know brands in India think about, and this was their window of learning that while being a part of the the cap table and being so investors. So basically,
0: get into the ecosystem. To understand
1: the ecosystem so that's another motivation that correct so it's like oh yeah so so that's that's another motivation and there are multiple such motivations it's important for uh, an entrepreneur to understand why this particular investor is coming in Um, and it's very difficult to understand that and sometimes that creates a lot of issue because you feel like hey we are growing right you should be happy but maybe that was not the intent of that investor in the first place so uh, you need to uh, kind of understand and figure out who they are. Plus, you have to understand that every investor has a certain part of the journey, right? I mean, there are very few investors who invest in, a, in an idea and a couple of people. Um, they are usually not the same as people who invest grow, you know, when you're scale. growing. Yeah, absolutely. When you're growing from the 100 million to the billion mark. Any entrepreneur
0: always has difficulty in letting go of the control, the direction. And control is one of the key factors that things actually break. A lot of founders get, pick up the stress, get frustrated, quit. Untimely exits because of the tussle between the investors and the entrepreneurs for control, for direction. Yeah. You might want to go in a certain direction because that's your ethos. Yeah. But an investor might actually look in a different direction and say, you know what, that's where the money is. And if you all are not aligned, <coughs> it's a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. So I think that's clearly, you know, when you brought in the wrong investor who… But you don't uh, know who yeah, you, is the wrong
0: investor until it's far too late in the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree that sometimes when you're bringing people in, you don't know how it is going to be. But I think um, sometimes control is overrated, right? So to give you a simple example, at the time of exit, I don't think, you know, the founders of Shoptimize had controlling stake because we had raised capital over time, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But at no point did we believe or feel like we were not in control. Right, and there are multiple reasons for it. Right, the reason you are in control is not because you hold a certain number of shares in the company. The reason you are in control is because there is nobody else in the world who can give more to this business and this company than you can. And as long as you're that person, you're in control. If that, if you're no longer that person, you're not in control. Right, it's as simple as that. Um, but when you're when you're giving up control. Um, it's 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 also a good thing because you bring in contradicting opinions into the company and one of the jobs of the CEO or the founder is to be able to um, you know, triangulate all of this information and go in the right direction. So some of the things that I personally have been guilty of is listening to the investors too much, right? Uh, because I had taken in capital and I thought it's their money and I always looked at it as… You're so trying uh, to be the nice guy. It's not necessarily the nice guy. I, I was always looking to learn. And I always believed that other people knew more than me. Um, which sometimes is is not always the case. Yep. So, um, so I think as I a founder... I have exactly
0: the opposite problem.
1: <laughs> I know that. Who there knows are, it better? There are times
0: when you feel, you know what? I know what I'm doing and I want everyone to follow. Yeah. And it causes a lot of issues. But it, yeah. this is entrepreneurial journey. This is how it's going to be. If an investor looks at a future financial driven economic downfall and is asking you to cut costs and lay off people there has to be a line where you draw where you need to be either on one side of the line aligned or misaligned Yeah. it can be a make or break for a company yeah. and in most cases the founders don't call that short
1: that's not true actually it depends on the stage of the company also right? when you are looking at really large publicly traded companies stock markets this and that I think there are so many different stakeholders that there is not one or two people making the calls, right? Uh, there are some exceptions, but uh, but as you grow larger, it's not one or two people making so that call. So it's
0: a group of people who are going to make that call <coughs> and take it.
1: So so every company, you know, for they have a board for that reason. They, uh, you know, it shouldn't like at least in my 10 years, we never had to go to a vote. Uh, but if it does, you know, you should be willing to go to a vote. Um, and be willing to win or lose based on, you know, how you present your case to everybody, right?
0: So to put that more in perspective about exactly what you're saying is, uh, typically people think I have to run a company and I to get some investors and every time an investor is asking for a board seat, you know, things like that or seats. Yeah. It depends on that dynamics where you need to align yeah. how your board is structured. Correct. And you need to be in a position where you do realize that there are majority of the people running the same ethics, the same ethos, the same direction. Correct. Uh, uh, more More often than not, a lot of people run after the monetary factor in the investments while relinquishing control over the board. Yeah. And you realize after some time that I have no more control left. Yeah. So the balance is important. Yeah. So remember that the board of directors is there for a reason. The yeah. executive committee is going to run it. There could be a board which appoints a CEO, an executive committee to run this. You need to be party, privy, and ag- in agreement with that decision. Otherwise, there are rec- these are recipes for disaster.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you, how do you construct your board? You are always a minority in a board as soon as it's a three-member board, right? Yep. Uh, It's not so much about who, what, where, but it is about being able to convince, persuade, take uh, contradicting uh, opinions, uh, also be able to compromise in certain cases. If you wanted A, somebody wanted B, um, and it happened the last two, three times that you got your way, but this time uh, you're willing to try something out because it's not just about uh, doing what you think is right, which is very important. But at the same time, the board wants to see that you're open to opinions, you're open to try out things, you're open to set up, okay, I do not necessarily agree with this, but I'm committed to trying this out. These are the five things we're going to do. If these happen, we scale this or we shut this down. Do we all agree? And then giving it your heart, although it was not your idea. So these are things that that define, you know, the quality of uh, founders that be you You'll be surprised,
0: Mangesh. These are things nobody talks about this is one of the reasons why we had this podcast. Yeah. That we need to get out the real deal for people who are trying to raise money or people who are trying to get in larger investments. Yeah. That the importance of a board is extremely, extremely in the board. extremely important. And ensuring that your entire board is aligned to the decisions which are taken which need not be yours. Yeah. And then we all drive towards a common goal. Suppose you have a, a company which is maybe three years old, maybe two years old, or maybe 25 years old. How far... Are you looking after the team, and I don't mean in terms of salary. You have to pay a salary. That's what your dues are. Your work's worth. Yeah. In addition to that, how do you make that team a part of the ecosystem, a part of the stakeholders? Yeah.
1: ESOPs. So absolutely. So so there are all these instruments, right? Uh, there are ESOPs. RSUs. There are RSUs. Um, like we brought in a, a third co-founder in our second year of existence. Um, and uh, it's not very common to do that so you you bring in people you make them a part of your journey and uh, you share the responsibility of doing this right along with the potential winnings so so there are instruments but I think bigger than instruments what I have seen people struggle with uh, is the mentality of be you know it being a team right so and you see this in sports culture Absolutely, it's not just the. You see this in sports all the time, right? You could be a great individual performer, and you are jumping around everywhere. You want to score every goal. But your team always
0: loses. Yeah.
1: So, but at the same time, we've
0: seen that happen. Yeah,
1: but we never lost. We rarely lost. That's a different uh, part of uh, of our team. But um, but nevertheless, um, it, it is how you make the rest of your team members feel, in terms of how much they are a part of this journey right? And there have been situations um, where you might own significant stake. You might be one of the co-founders, but you still don't feel like you're, you know, part of the journey anymore. Right. Right. And there are other cases where you could have a very small piece of the company. But But your opinion, yeah, exactly. So that feeling matters. And to be able to nurture that feeling in a team is one of the least spoken about skills of an entrepreneur, right? To make... 20, 100, 50 people, 500, 5,000 people feel a part of the journey. Yeah.
0: Entrepreneurship, setting up a company, starting a company, scaling a company has never been easy. Investors are along, help you along the way. Sometimes if you're able to choose the right investors and get there. Uh, Mangesh, it's been great having you on this show. I enjoyed our discussions, uh, however awkward they were sometimes. (laughs) And uh, I'm pretty sure that the next time you go for your medical examination, you're definitely going to remember this podcast. Yes. So, thank you very much for being on this podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Same here. Thank you so so much. Yeah, thank you.